know if you have any views on on there's enough being done to help everyone involved in the process but also um, how do government employees humanize what is happening to people's lives would be a good thing to ask you so um i suppose in terms of is enough being done um the the, the straight answer to that one is we're we are trying our best to get things done as quickly as possible however you're absolutely right. Not, uh, it's not that not enough is being done. It's more that we are doing what we're doing. And I really like Chris's um, um, analogy there about war and how we're not going to tell anybody about the war until we've won it. And he's absolutely right there. And it's really pivotal. Actually, what we need to do more of is, you know, lots of morale boosters, I suppose. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, being able to, as yeah. Chris is saying, communicate out because we have been doing an awful lot of good work. I think we've we've just um, we've we've been so um, preoccupied with not trying to build expectations because um, we know what we want as a final outcome. That's been clearly articulated in the mortgage lending and planning, you know, uh, working groups uh, report and its <clears throat> recommendations. So we do know where we're trying to get to. I think um, the real the real challenge is there's a lot of different moving parts. Some of which you know are, are ours to own. So, for example, the communication angle, and I take your point, you know, David and and Chris, that that we we do need to spend more time communicating. However, we've we've tried to offset that by spending more time delivering. So we're trying to push forward with uh, all of these um, 26 buildings in the pilot and the other 80 buildings. But you're absolutely right, Chris. Maybe we need to just take stock and, you know, communicate more um, to the to the wider public. So 100% take that one and on on board. And in terms of the human angle, as you say, um, Brian, I think you know that can't be stressed enough. We, our primary factor is about keeping people safe in, in their homes. And from that perspective, again, we, we again we're not trying to to alarm people because we do firmly believe that the building standards in Scotland, which have been much more strict than, than those across the UK since since approximately 2005, you know, we do anticipate that the scale of the problem isn't as large as say the scale in England. However, the that doesn't that doesn't make life any easier for people living in these homes. So our our, our real approach is get this single building assessment pilot um, completed, um, make sure that industry um, you know, accept the outcomes coming back to something that I think David mentioned, which was around developers doing their own assessments or or anyone doing their own assessments. Yeah. It's all about industry respecting um, the consistency of the standards that we are yeah. trying to embed. And with those consistent standards, it means that actually there'll be much more acknowledgement from industry that industry's got it right. So from that perspective, in, in theory, in, in the future, it, it shouldn't really matter who commissions uh, an assessment on the building. It should be done to the consistent standard. Yeah. And from that perspective, again, because it's you know these are buildings owned by the homeowners, homeowners can hold whoever does that assessment to account if the assessment isn't isn't correct. So the the power really does rest with the homeowners. And our role here in government is to support um, that that work and and help try and navigate through some of those barriers, um, and that's really what we're working through at the moment. But I take your point, Chris. Absolutely, we do we do need to 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 work with you and with David to improve that support and and improve that communication out to factors as well as homeowners. Yeah.
Yeah. Okay. Well, gents, that's been really useful. I think one 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 good thing that was, I mean, we've done this on a, in a couple of podcasts. I think we should come back in a year's time and see where we are and see where we've moved to and and and, and how much progress has been made. And I, and I think that'd be really really useful. A way to timestamp it as well and on this podcast. Um, David, I'm sure you'd come back on, but do you have anything to add just before we wrap up? No, no, no. The only thing I noted down, which is related but unrelated, and, and probably again comes back to what you're saying, Brian, is that I've been um, banging a, a, another drum at Property Managers Association Scotland about how we educate the homeowners yeah. to, to, you know, Chris touched on it. One, one of the biggest challenges in our industry is, 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 is predominantly downsizers, first time buyers, getting the first introduction to factoring. Not having a you know a, a purchasing or a solicitor clearly explain what their responsibilities are as duty holders, yeah. um, but it does have an effect on this as well because because if we can get that message out there, however we do it via podcasts, via even adverts, we've been talking about doing things like that to try and make sure that um, Scotland is educated that it's not leasehold, there is no landlord here, that is a collective, it's a collective bunch of landlords and duty holders that that, that that are responsible for ensuring that their development is properly maintained and managed and and if we can look and, and assess legislation um because there's massive learning curves through this whole process it's such a such a massive thing that has highlighted that challenge so 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 for us I think everybody can do more in communicating exactly what what, what what factoring is all about and 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 where the responsibilities lie with with homeowners. Yeah, sure, sure. I've said that to you 101 times before, Brian. So yeah, we we even talk about it on some podcasts. We've stopped doing it though because we keep referencing you. <laughs> Chris, anything to add before we finish up? No, no. I, I really just back up, David. I think um, our own. Um, factor i had a conversation with the other day and we're singing from the same song song sheet we send regular updates to all our owners some of which are well received and some of which clearly just go straight in the bin or don't even get opened and uh, her comment was that we ought to have when we communicate with owners rather like when the children have their end of term reports that they have to get a parent to sign it to say that they've read it um, and quite clearly, I would say this is a guesstimate in our own owners, and they're probably more responsive than many across Scotland. I would suggest that between 25 and 30 percent of them simply don't read the emails or letters sent to them. Yeah, that's actually quite high. <laughs> it's actually quite high compared to our analysis that goes out the door for our messaging. So. Yeah, you're right, Chris. That is particularly high for, and that 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 gives you a clear indication of of of, of where that apathy exists. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. And Hardy, anything to anything to end for you? Um, no, only 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 other than we should, as Chris and, and David have said, you know, we 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 will definitely work collaboratively with with all of our stakeholders in terms of improving that communication because there's an awful lot going on in this space and mm. and we are trying our best to, to move things forward quickly. We've got a lot of barriers, but you know, we, we will get there in the end. 